Hollywood Hoop Dreams aren't only made from magic, they also come in the form of original podcasts from the Hoop Ball Network. So if you're the Lakers zooming out, are you tempted to bring back DeMarcus Cousins in the playoffs? And do you disrupt the dynamic at that point if he's healthy enough to play? Join Ethan, JC, and the thriving Lakers community around the world to talk about all things Lakers. The Lakers this season has come to expect of this team is consistent winning. That is something we have not been able to say since I've seen Andrew Bynum in a Lakers uniform. The show is available everywhere pods are found and you can follow the show on twitter at hoopball lakers the following is a hoopball presentation welcome to the fantasy nba today podcast Honestly, you guys could probably tell. At the end of yesterday's podcast, I said something like, coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll talk about something. And I finished the show, and I uploaded the show, and I thought, boy, I really don't have anything for Wednesday. That's today, right? I was thinking one day in advance. And the world came to my rescue with... I, I, I truly don't even know how many pieces of information we got yesterday on the NBA's resumption, but it was many. And so today, we're not going to talk fantasy, although there will be some sort of fantasy-adjacent things we can bring up related to it. But yesterday, Tuesday, throughout the afternoon, starting at... Uh, I guess it was about 2 or 3 in the afternoon Pacific time. It was a Shams Woj tweet-off, and I think Shams actually had the upper hand in this one, of all of the crazy things, good and bad crazy, that are going to be in place for the NBA's resumption in Orlando, Florida. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. I am Dan Vespers. This is a hoop ball presentation, also available on Dash Radio, the Nothing But Net Network. Had a good chat with those guys yesterday on some of the cool new things going on there. So welcome to those listening on that platform, too. Hoop Ball is at Hoop Ball Fantasy on Twitter. I am at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, Dan Bespris. I know it's not great for radio, but it's my last name. And I decided, what the hell? So please give me a follow if you're a relatively new listener to the podcast. If you're joining us today, or really at any time over the last four or five shows for the first time, you're probably not coming back, and that's okay. Although you might like today's podcast. I don't know. This could be one that that grabs your attention. It's not fantasy-heavy. The last three shows have been fantasy-too-heavy. Believe me, even as I was doing them, I was thinking to myself, this... Even for you, Dan, this is a little bit too thick. But you know what? I don't care. I don't care. Because we're having fun. We're going through all sorts of stuff. Uh, The last three days, of course, we talked about Yahoo's first to last rankings preseason, how they compared to end-of-season marks, which is really math-intensive stuff. And now today, we pivot to no math at all, but a lot of really interesting stories coming out of the NBA. I want to quickly, I know we have a recruiting pitch that plays at the beginning of a lot of our podcasts. 
uh, I want to double down on part of that. DFS today will be making its triumphant return here in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be run by the wonderful Mike Apatria uh, and Santino. Mike and Santino, those two are longtime pals. And, you, I mean, you've heard Mike on this podcast a thousand times. Santino has been sort of fast-tracking his DFS knowledge, learning from the best. Those two guys are going to be bringing back DFS today. I think it'll probably come back, if I had to guess, at some point in early July. And we're looking for additional voices. Because I'll tell you what, as somebody who does a daily podcast, it's a pretty good undertaking. And it's really cool to have multiple voices on a DFS show even perhaps more so than a season-long, because when you get multiple voices on a season-long show, and don't get me wrong, I love talking to guests on this pod. It makes Nothing makes me happier, but I do feel like at some point when there's a disagreement, and I'm not on here to, to hardball people. I'm not going to like yell at guests if I disagree with them. But if there's a disagreement, it can create a certain disconnect for all of you guys listening out there when you're like, well, I don't... Which one of these things do I do? With DFS, there's a thousand different ways to skin a cat. I know Apatria, for one. Mike is big into the big, the GPPs, I think they call them, the the mass entry ones where you take some chances. And then there are folks that like the head-to-head type battles in DFS. There's so many different ways you can do it. And so having more voices is a really big thing. And we want you, if you're a DFSer, and you happen to be listening to this season-long podcast, hit me up at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Again, that's D-A-N. That's the easy part. Bespris is B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Bravo, Echo, Sierra, Bravo, Romeo, India, Sierra. I had to learn military call letters for that. I was not in the military. My grandfather was in the Air Force, though, for whatever that's worth. He was shot down over Scandinavia during World War II. Cool story. I'm not telling it on the podcast because we get other things to do. But yeah, hit me up. Uh, you can also email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Uh, looking for DFS writers and voices right now. Bug me. Get back in the mix. We can train you up before the season comes back. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the NBA because it was an eventful four hours yesterday in the afternoon and early evening. And a lot of it was a blend of fun and funny. And I want to save that stuff for the end because I want to open with the weird because not only is it the silliest, but it's also not confirmed. You guys know what I'm about to say. There was a rumor that surfaced yesterday that Kyrie Irving, who we've already been talking about because he's been at the forefront of the maybe we should sit out and focus on the uh, racial injustice movement front, which, again, perfectly reasonable take. Suddenly now, there's a rumor that Kyrie was on a group chat with Nets players suggesting they could perhaps start their own league. I'm not sure I believe this. I feel like somebody took something out of context. But, well, let's spend a minute on it, just in case. Again, I want to straight up front, I don't think this is real. I don't think Kyrie Irving is trying to start his own league. Even if he was, even if that's what he meant, it feels more like a threat of leverage 
as opposed to anything else. Because if he tried to start his own league, he would be shooting his own logic in the foot. Kyrie, Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley, the logic behind, let's not go back and play basketball games. Let's focus on the protests. Let's focus on social change is we don't want to distract people. We can form our own league is let's distract people, but just not in the Orlando bubble. So that's nonsense. I don't think that happened. And if it did, that's that's idiotic. If it did, it's idiotic. If it didn't, which is what I think is the case, then someone I think is probably leaking stuff to make Kyrie Irving look silly again, which, I mean, how often does this need to happen? Also on the uh, the social side, Avery Bradley came out and, and talked a bit about basically what he wants to know before he commits to coming back and playing. This makes a lot of sense. And this is what we this is what we were talking about a couple shows back, which is these guys are probably ultimately going to play. They just want to know how they're going to be able to use their voices. They want this to be a conversation. The NBA is happening now, 43 days before the season comes back, as opposed to, like, the day it comes back. The NBA is a very powerful mothership. I worked for a minimally powerful, tiny little baby ship in minor league baseball. But one thing that I learned handling most of the marketing for that team was... If you didn't plan something well in advance, it wasn't going to work. Early in my minor league career, when my bosses came to me and said, hey, let's do this thing tomorrow. Let's put this big thing on tomorrow. I said, all right, let's figure this out. And it flopped. And somebody listening might be like, well, maybe, Dan, you just sucked at this. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, I was just getting started at the time, just getting started in the field. But as time went on, when my bosses came to me and said, Dan, let's figure out a way to do this, I said, okay, give us a month. Because you want to plan it right, which takes time, logistically. You want to be able to promote it properly. Get it on the TV channels. Get it on the social channels. Give people a time, give people time to internalize whatever it is that you're trying to present. And so for these guys... Avery Bradley, Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard, who appear to be the three voices at the forefront of the maybe we shouldn't restart. I think what they really mean now is we're probably going to restart, but let's not do it until we have a plan in place for how we're going to use this platform. Let's talk about it now, six weeks ahead of time, so we know what we're doing. You can make changes later on, no problem. So that's happening now, and kudos to those guys for for pushing this discussion forward now. But if you guys were worried that the NBA wasn't coming back, I don't really think we need to be. It's going to come back. The question is, how is it going to come back? And we're going to be talking about that for the rest of this podcast, because woo, there was a lot of news on that front yesterday. Mostly good. <laughs> Again, some of it kind of funny. Oh, I can't wait to talk about uh, Mood Ring 2020. Uh, but also on the social side, how is it going to be utilized? So good work on that front. Let's finally now dig into the Shams Tweet Fest of June the 16th and begin to discuss all the different things we learned on uh, Tuesday afternoon. 
I tried to make a plan as to what order we're going to go through this stuff because it can get a little bit cockeyed, but we're just going to start with Sham's tweets and go through them chronologically, even if they jump around a little bit. But at least that way, if he's jumping around, then I get to jump around, and you guys can't blame me. You can blame him. First thing we learned yesterday, at 2 in the afternoon, Pacific time, players have been notified that any player who chooses, elects not to play in the season resumption must notify his team by a week from today, June the 24th, and that the compensation for that player would be reduced by one ninety-second for each game missed, which I don't fully understand, but I guess that has something to do with playoff shares. It's actually one over 92.6. So somewhere a little over 1%. So if a player misses a game, they lose roughly uh, 1% of their salary. I think it's 1.08. Okay. Additionally, any player who exercises this right will not be a disciplined, meaning the compensation would basically be the only thing that would go away. And so this gives players the option of not going back. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if a relatively well-paid player on a team that doesn't seem likely to do anything does choose to to exercise this right. Someone like a Bradley Beal. I mean, I think he comes back. That dude plays in every game that he's capable, but the Wizards aren't making the playoffs. I mean, let's be honest here. They're not. They ain't getting in. I, I don't specifically know why they're back, but they're not. It's not happening. Uh, looking at the Western Conference, you know, if LaMarcus Aldridge didn't have surgery, so DeMar DeRozan is a, a possibility with the Spurs down Aldridge. I don't know that they feel like they could possibly make that eight seed. So he, to me, would be someone who could exercise this right. He's made a lot of money in his NBA career. Why risk it at this point? I think all these guys do come back. I, I mean, I did, but th- this is the type of player that pops into my head as someone who's already sitting on a pretty goodly nest egg and feels like, you know, they're throw their lives out of whack for this, risk everything for a disease that's killing a thousand people every day to go play for games that probably won't matter. Maybe you could almost argue the same thing for the Phoenix Suns. They're not making it. Don't kid yourself. Wait, are they playing? Yeah, they're playing. So we'll see. I, I I don't think you see many folks do it for no reason at all. But there is a corollary here. Two categories of non-participating NBA players who will not have their salary reduced. This was Sham's next tweet. Protected players and excused players. Those who are believed to be at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19... And June 25th is the deadline for teams to write excused absences. Now, I wonder if this is anything like the middle school where you get an excused absence if you're just like, you're not feeling well. Yeah, you just don't really want to go. And maybe your mom's feeling bad for you. And she writes a note to the teacher that says, Dan has a Dan has the sniffles. So I don't know. It's possible that what you get from the previous tweet is, well, they might be a couple of guys that don't want to go. And then they might get the team to write an excuse for them so they still get paid. 
I don't know how this is getting enforced, but what I will say is players have a lot of power right now. Player agents have a lot of power right now who represent players on a number of different teams. If there is a player on, say, I mean, let's take DeMar DeRozan as an example again, which is not fair. It sounds like I'm picking on him, but he just sort of fits the the profile, not uh, from a personality standpoint. From a personality standpoint, he's almost always plays. He's been extremely durable throughout his NBA career, and he's done everything that any team's ever asked of him. Just from a who has a lot of money on a team that's probably not going to actually make the playoffs, has more to lose than gain in this situation. What if he's decided he didn't want to go? If he went to the Spurs, if he went to Pop and was like, yo, Pop, I don't I don't really want to go. I'm terrified. Um, is there any way I can still make my 8 out of 92.6, my... Uh, close to 9% of my salary. Something tells me Pop goes to the Spurs medical team and's like, look, man, DeMar doesn't want to go. Write him a note. Write him an excused absence. It's going to buy you a lot of credibility with him, goodwill with his agent, who I don't know who his agent is, but I'm sure they represent someone else that the team might be going at at some point. Teams cater to players in a lot of ways right now. There's good and bad things that come of that. But this feels like one of those where, you know, mom can write you a note to get you out of school today. You just don't really want to go. Uh, certainly for much more serious reasons in this case. All right, next tweet out of Shams. NBA players have been informed that anyone who leaves the Orlando bubble will be subject to discipline. Now, there was another tweet that came later on that clarified a little bit on this front. So I'm going to jump ahead to the discipline tweet so we get a little bit more on that front. There's so much, man. It's crazy. Uh, All players, team, staff, and guests will be required to certify in writing that they will adhere to the pre-arrival and league rules while on the campus and failure to comply with those protocols will subject the player... In question, so if it's his family or something like that, to disciplines such as warnings, fines, suspensions, or removal from the campus. So don't mess around. You could get kicked right out of this thing. Scrolling back. We got to go all the way back to where we were before. Okay, so we got disciplinary action. That's reasonable. Don't break the bubble, man. You leave the bubble, you bring in the COVID, and everybody gets it, you ruin the whole thing. Everybody's counting on everyone else. We learned yesterday that the Raptors will be in Florida for their part of the return, which is easier than quarantining in Toronto and then crossing the border and having to do it all over again. That was a small piece of news. We also learned a little bit about scheduling. That on July 22nd, teams are going to play three scrimmages against other teams residing in their same hotel. So we're starting to learn a little bit more about the schedule. Which brings us to what I think is one of, not the only one, amazingly, one of the most hilarious parts of this whole process, which is the team hotels have been broken down by seeding. The top seeds got to pick the nicest hotel. That is so damn funny to me. They're trying to figure out a way to get home court advantage for these players, and there's just no real way to do it. So they decided to let the top teams pick which hotels they wanted. So the Grand Destino 
which is, I believe, on the uh, Coronado campus, will host the uh, one. What is it? The eight teams with the eight top records, which is the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, and Heat. The Grand, the Grand Floridian has the next uh, eight highest-ranked players. The Thunder, the Sixers, the Rockets, Pacers, Mavs, Nets, Grizz, and Magic. That's all your playoff teams, by the way. And the Yacht Club, which is the funniest name ever, uh, has the six teams fighting to try to get in. That's the Blazers, Kings, Pels, Spurs, Suns, and Wizards. Come on, that's hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. I can't believe that more wasn't made of this. Well, later on, we learned why more wasn't made of it is because, and this is what I was talking about, I think it was last week or the week before, being quarantined in a resort isn't bad. There's so much talk about how horrible it'll be if some of these players, what if they have to be from away from their families for 40 or 45 days? Yeah, that sucks. But it's not like they're going to be sitting alone in a room watching reruns on TBS all day. Listen to this. The hotel, well, first of all, hotels are, these are nice hotels, so don't get it twisted. The hotels will have, open to the players, a players-only lounge with video games, TVs, other games. The pools will be open. Trails will be open. They'll have barbers, manicurists, pedicurists, a 24-hour VIP concierge, just like if the hotel was normally open, movie screenings, DJs, additional video games. Apparently, NBA 2K is the feature one. Ping pong, pools, lawn games. And, and this is a good one, players can go to other games. They can go attend other the other teams playing. So this answers the question of, will we have anybody in attendance for some of these basketball games? The answer is yes. You know these players are going to go and yell at other, other guys they know. There's going to be so much trash talking going on in these things. I know we heard that they might pipe in video game crowd sounds. Which, by the way, I have thoughts on that as well. But I want to circle around to that. Now you get players yelling at each other from the crowd. Quarantine, I think what we have to remember is that I know some parts of the country have opened all the way back up, which, listen, I'll keep my personal opinions mostly out of this podcast, but I do think that things are opening a little bit too fast. There have been spikes in cases. We all need to be much more careful than we are right now. NBA players and their families, because they've known for a long time that they're trying to get the season back on track, they've been extremely careful. Most of these NBA players and families have been in quarantine in their homes and home communities. Going to quarantine now in a hotel resort where chefs are preparing your meals and you've got tons of video games and TVs and pools and trails and table games and a concierge and mani-pedis and other basketball games to go to, this is an intense upgrade. If someone told me right now that I could choose my personal quarantine in a two-bedroom apartment with two kids and crap everywhere, or could we all go live in a hotel? 
dude, I don't even have to think about it. I get it. They're like, Dan, you have to go live by yourself in the hotel. You can't bring your family with you. Um, I could do it for at least a decent stretch. <laughs> a little peace and quiet. I'll come back. I'll visit. My team would get eliminated early anyway. Okay, so let's talk a little about the players attending other games. Is this a good or a bad idea? It's a great idea. Because if they're in the bubble, it, it, it doesn't really matter where they go. As long as they stay inside, doesn't matter where they go. You can't use that crowd noise, though. It's not going to be clean. That will not be family-friendly. So do you pipe in video game noise? A lot of people are saying... Uh, Twitter, everyone I've seen on Twitter has said no. And I wonder if these people saying no have ever done games as a broadcaster with no crowd noise. Sure, it's fine if you're writing up a post-game recap or conducting interviews and writing your story. It's awful for a broadcast to have no crowd noise. It's horrible. I worked at a ballpark in minor league baseball that held a maximum of 1,800 people most of the time I was there. Yes, 1,800, not 18,000, 1,800. And on Tuesdays, when it's 108 degrees outside, it held about 10% of that. If you put 180 people in a baseball stadium and then do a broadcast over it, you're doing a broadcast with no crowd noise. I would have given anything to have fake roars of a crowd when the game was hanging in the balance or following, you know, a medium-sized crowd noise after a double down the right field line. I would have given anything. The people saying no, just let's hear the sneakers squeak for two hours and 15 minutes. I don't think have actually had to listen to that for long stretches, especially on a television. It's unusual. The broadcasters, I don't know, I, I haven't actually heard a ton about how this is going to work. I think the, the broadcasters are going to be what, up in the rafters? Or they're doing it from a studio? That's bad too. Yes, I get it. We're going to sort of try to make the best of a bad situation here. But making it feel like a real game is a good idea. It's not going to be easy. So I'll throw that in here at the end of this thought. Because you're going to need different types of crowd noise. You're going to need the big crowd noise. You're going to need the din when nothing's going on. I'm sure they're going to play those ridiculous video game organ sound effects you might hear some boom boom tsh, boom boom tsh. and it might feel a little bit weird at first but i can almost guarantee if they do it right we'll get used to it and it will be better than eight games for 22 teams so 11 right teams have to play each other I mean, it's almost 100 games. You want to hear 100 games of no noise at all? Besides, boom, squeak, 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 squeak. Screen left, screen left. No. No, you don't. There's no intensity there. The crowd creates a lot of the intensity that we're used to in a basketball game. Broadcasters having to yell over it. That gets the blood pumping. A little graphic in the corner with the score tied doesn't. You need noise. I can promise you this. As someone who broadcasted in a place that didn't have any noise for a long time, you need noise. 
Uh, sort of a low-impact tweet that we, well, bring up just because it's out there. Uh, NBA teams have been informed of the required positions for their 35-person traveling party. Those will include a team athletic trainer, the strength and conditioning coach and equipment manager, and a team security official. So they have to have those four among the 35. The other stuff they can generally figure out themselves. Teams have also sent visuals of the courts and workout arrangements in Orlando to the teams, which doesn't have much of an impact on what we're talking about today. They also have the game day schedule. This might be the biggest news of all that just sort of slipped in with 55 other things yesterday. Game day schedule. Breakfast, shoot-around, and lunch. They've got it all, man, including transportation, how they get teams to and from the ballpark. It sounds like, and I don't don't know how they're going to pull this off. They must have, I thought there were only like three courts they could use. But maybe not. Um, I'm assuming they need to get like five to six games going uh, every every single day, right? Something like that? Five, six games a day? So wouldn't there have to be an early game and a late game? Well, according to this pregame schedule, uh, not really. This was a schedule released for a 7 o'clock game. I guess if there's an earlier one, they could put out a schedule for that. But that was kind of cool to see. Uh, the NBA will have two rows on the bench, a first row of players high-usage players and coaches. They will not be required to wear a mask, but the coaches are recommended to. And a second row of uh, other players, generally folks that aren't uh, active, and other coaches, they will wear a mask at all times. We also learned that referees probably won't be wearing masks. Presumably, they're quarantining in the bubble as well. And that's how the game is going to look, although I don't think that has a massive impact on us. There's a protocol for virus testing that was released yesterday as well. If a player tests positive, they immediately enter an isolation housing. They retest there to confirm the positive test, and then they exit the isolation after consecutive negative tests and return to activities. Okay, now we're getting to the two silliest ones of all. I don't know which one I want to start with. We'll just go in the order Shams did. The NBA will create an anonymous hotline to report potential violations of the quarantine protocol. How great is this going to be? And who are they going to give the number to? Presumably only the people in the bubble. But it's going to escape. That hotline number is going to escape the bubble. Random citizens are going to end up with that phone number, and they're going to get all sorts of goofball reports. There's a lot of Chris Paul jokes happening right now after his uh, Jersey untucked situation. Also hilarious. And who's going to snitch? I mean, you're going to get a team that's down... 3-1 to in a playoff series, and they're going to be calling this hotline, talking about everybody on the other team. I don't know how... I don't know how this is going to be enforceable. This is the silliest thing. This probably is the silliest one of all, but there's less to talk about than the other one, so we saved the other silly thing for last. And the other one is... 
I'm doing, by the way, I'm, I'm fluttering my fingers out to the sides. There we go. Shaking my fingers. Five hands, or five fingers on both sides. Shaking them because we've got magic bands. Mandatory for everyone inside the NBA bubble will be wearing magic bands, which in an earlier tweet was referred to as a ring. And so then there were a lot of mood ring jokes happening, mood ring 2020. Magic bands. Everyone in the bubble will receive a magic band, which functions as the room key, security checkpoint key, coronavirus testing check-in, and there are settings where if they want, the band can beep Anytime it gets within six feet of someone else wearing a magic band. Presumably they'll be taking these off during the actual ball games and during practice. But come on, that's hilarious. I actually, ultimately, I actually kind of like the idea. Because now you're not forcing players to carry around room keys, which could get touched by a bunch of different people. You're not forcing players to carry coronavirus testing check-in data or have it on their phone or something like that. So it's personal to each each individual. They're going to want to keep that personal because it gets them through their security checkpoints. It also will have their, their COVID results. And as I, I mentioned this to my family because I thought it was just so incredible, and my wife was like, I want one of those and I want one now. Every time I take the dog for a walk, I want this thing beeping at me when I get close to anybody else. Unfortunately, that's kind of the situation where we find ourselves in as a, as a universe right now. No one, myself included, wants to be anywhere near any other human being. And the NBA, they've got it, man. Uh, apparently, on the testing side, they're going to be doing sort of like a combo test that has a better uh, rate of of uh, false returns, meaning the, a lower number of false positives or false negatives. So that's good. Testing every day. And, and I'll do this one last because it's not silly at all, the NBA has basically put out uh, a note stating that the, the NBA has informed all 30 teams that a central goal of the season restart will be to utilize the NBA's platform to bring attention and sustained action to issues of social injustice. So that's out there. It's on the table now. They're in discussions with the Players Association to develop a comprehensive strategy. This is a great thing. It's going to bring the concerned players back into the fold. They use their voices in the best way possible to basically say, look, 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 look. We are not agreeing to this until we know how we're going to be able to use our megaphone and now they're getting all that sorted out. Guys, the NBA is coming back in 43 days. And now we know how. Magic bands. Magic bands. Oh, God, I love it. Ah, oh, man. Countdown is on. All right, tomorrow, back into fantasy stuff. I promise this time. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Can't wait. Maybe we'll get more info on the NBA. Who knows? Oh, by the way, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages. We got some pretty cool stuff going on over there uh, related to which players, which previously injured player that might be coming back for the resumption are you most excited to check out? Facebook is facebook.com slash hoops. 
and Instagram is at HoopBallOfficial. I am at Dan Vespers. Hit me up if you want to be a DFS voice here at HoopBall. We'll check out your stuff. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a HoopBall presentation.